All right, this is our third week on faith. So if you've missed the last two weeks, it really won't affect what we're teaching tonight. We're just hitting different things, different issues that I've kind of seen in the body of Christ and just kind of honing in on those. So tonight, I didn't want to let out what I was teaching on because no one would have come. Um, We're going to talk about patience. And I know... I know Mr. Frank, Mr. Frank's already throwing up his hands like he just checked out. (laughs) Well, if we're going to operate in faith, we're going to have to operate in patience. And so we might as well start practicing it. Let's go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. I'm going to read to you out of the King James Version, starting in verse 2. He says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. And let's see, I've got so many notes in here. I've got extra notes. That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all man liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And we're going to go back and we're going to kind of pick this apart, okay? First of all, this can get to be a really religious, cliched scripture. We want to look at it in the truth, in the light of God's word, okay? You hear a lot of people say this is a really down and outer. It's not. This is a victory scripture. My brethren, count it all joy. Joy simply means calm delight. Count it all joy doesn't mean you're... you're, hippie skipping through the field or something here. It's, it's, it's a calm, there's a calm delight. It's, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's an atmosphere that can come only when we're not walking in the flesh. Well, circumstances just don't dictate joy. Circumstances dictate happiness or unhappiness, but circumstances are not supposed to dictate our joy. We have our joy in the Lord, no matter what the circumstance. You know, you can go through a trying season and maintain a calm delight simply because you hope in the Lord, right? So that's, that's the difference between joy and happy. So he says, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. That word temptations, I don't think it's the word we would use now, but when you look it up in the, in the Greek dictionary, it means A putting to the proof. When something comes against what you believe, when something comes against what the Scripture says, he says, count it all joy when these putting to the proofs come. What? Verse 3, knowing this. That, That little phrase is so important. A lot of times people quote that first part of this passage and they they skip this part. Count it all joy knowing this, that the trying or the proving of your faith 
works patience. It puts patience to work. Now, the the thing is, are we letting patience work? Or are we getting impatient and then nothing works? You ever been impatient just trying to fix something? How well did that work out for you? I mean, it just goes from bad to worse. I mean, trying to read directions, trying to get that thing put together, and you get impatient, and then you get mad, you get angry, and then you give up, you quit, maybe you throw the thing, you destroy the thing. I'm just thinking about all the Christmas toys that have to be put together at Christmas time. And and you read directions, and, and you get frustrated. Impatience doesn't work. Impatience destroys And so he says, you can count it all joy knowing this, that the proving of your faith puts patience to work. It puts patience to work. You have patience if you're born again because it is in the spirit realm. You may not be walking in it. You may be walking in the flesh instead of in the spirit, but you have it available. We're going to start calling on it. Your faith the, true, the proving of your faith worketh patience. Patience here, Dylan uh, was telling me about this definition the other day, and he is correct. This was always my mom's favorite definition from the Greek. It's cheerful endurance. Get that cheerful part in front of that endurance part. It is, it is what the Strong's, it is what the concordances say this word means. Patience is cheerful endurance. It's constancy. It's steadfastness. It is staying power. Patience is staying power. If you're a quitter, you're impatient. I only heard one other person say, oh, because let me just tell you, God hit me hard with this today. Janine's just grinning. I don't know if she's grinning and poking Jeff or if she's grinning at herself, but she is. Okay, sorry. We'll teach on marriage Sunday. No, I'm just kidding. John's teaching Sunday. Staying power. If I'm a quitter, I'm impatient. Can we be transparent enough to ask ourselves that question? If I'm a quitter, I'm impatient. I need to put patience to work. Verse 4, very important. Let patience have her perfect work. Let patience work. Patience will work. It will work. Let patience have her perfect work. That, That word perfect, it means let it bring it to its end. Let it finish it. Let it let it complete it. Let it accomplish it. Let it finish its work. See, we start off in faith. Oh, we see something in the scripture and we think, oh, that's great. I can believe God for that. He says this. But then if we get impatient before we see it, and we don't let patience have her perfect work in us, and look, it's not God needing to be perfected. It's us. And so he says, let patience have her perfect work. Let her finish it. Why? That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Lacking nothing. That you may be perfect and entire. That means perfectly sound. We talked about a sound mind Sunday. 
that you, you may be perfectly sound, complete in every part, and mature. That's what patience will do for us. Verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. I think it's amazing that that's his next statement. Because <laughs> I think we need wisdom when it comes to this. He said, let him ask of God. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he will receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Patience has a work to do in the process of faith. And faith is a process. If you don't believe faith's a process, go look at Abraham. Look at Joseph. Coat of many colors, Joseph. You know, look at the process of faith. I think sometimes we jump off into things and we don't, then we get disappointed when we haven't let patience, I want to say patience with ourselves in the process of faith, in the learning process. We have a dear friend uh, that lived with us for a while. Uh, He was from the north and he came and lived with us and and stayed with us. He was traveling professionally, and so he wasn't with us all the time, but a little bit. And today, he sent us a video of him getting baptized. He was not born again. He was not saved when he lived with us. And he sent us a video today, and I I think I shared it around the office a little bit. I shared it with with Kelly. Um, And I thought, oh my goodness, he, he has so much to learn. He didn't come out of a home of Christianity, and I, I, just, I just nearly started sweating. And I was excited that he got baptized, he got born again, he got saved, his eternity is secure. And then I just started breaking out into a sweat because I was thinking, all this stuff he's got to, that he needs to learn. I thought about Satan coming immediately to try to steal the word that's now been planted in his heart. I, just, I felt like a mother hen, and I thought, oh, my goodness. And I thought, you know... He's going to have to have patience with himself while he learns the walk of faith. So we're patient not just with the circumstance, but with ourselves in our process of faith. And don't get down on yourself in the process of faith. I dealt with somebody this week who felt like they had failed in their faith. See, You haven't failed in your faith. You're learning in your faith. You're learning in your faith. You're still going. You hadn't quit. The only way to fail in faith is to quit. Look at Abraham. Abram at the time. You know, go back to Genesis around chapter 15 and just start reading about Abram and and look at how many times God was trying. God had a destination for him. He, He had a place for him. He had a land for him. He wanted to make nations out of him. But, you know, it was like 24 years from the time he promised him a son till he got one. And Abram made some mistakes in that time period. You know, kind of like getting the wrong woman pregnant kind of mistakes. But he didn't quit. He's called the father of our faith. But he had a process of learning. God had to take him out, show him the sand, take him out, show him the stars, give him physical examples, change his name, get him to say what God said about him instead of who he thought he was. And how he saw himself changing his image. There was a process of faith and it took patience. When Abram and Sarai got impatient, they made mistakes. 
So it's important when we're talking about faith to talk about patience. Without patience, you'll quit. You might start off in faith, but without patience, you'll quit. Kenneth Copeland said this. He said, patience is the vehicle that takes your faith to the finish line. I like that. Patience is the vehicle that takes your faith to the finish line. It's not just about the starting. Let's, let's work this thing all the way through. Let's, let's get to the finish line. Uh, Nancy DeFrance said this. I know I've quoted her a lot lately. She said, faith doesn't go by a calendar. It goes by the word of God. I thought, boom, <laughs> that's just good. Faith doesn't go by a calendar. It goes by the word of God. And, and this was really good for, for me today. Just to, I had to look at myself when I was studying this and say, Susan, drop the calendar. Just quit talking about the amount of time. Quit talking about the amount of time. I know. Quit talking about the amount of time. So that, that didn't just hit me, that hit y'all. Let's just look at the finish line. Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We're supposed to keep our eyes on him. We're supposed to keep the word of God, and he is the word. Keep the word of God in front of us and quit looking at the calendar. Patience isn't just waiting. Patience isn't just waiting. Patience is working. It affects how we work. It affects how we wait, if you will. Patience affects how we wait. It's, it's still at work in us, in the process of faith. It, it keeps faith on the job. Faith and patience are running buddies, Stacy. I mean, we can run alone. But if we're running a long race, I want you beside me. Because you can outrun me, and you have more endurance than me. And if I start to quit, you'll talk to me. And so faith and patience are running buddies. And when, when we start getting tired, patience will talk to you. It will keep your faith on the job. And, and that's, it's important. I put this down. This is the way I saw it. Faith supplies the power, but patience supplies the endurance. Faith supplies the power, but patience supplies the endurance. In, in Hebrews 10, the apostle Paul is addressing the believers who have been through great persecution. Now, y'all, we talk about tough times, I know, and we think just because we haven't got that new car we've been believing for that, you know, we're suffering. If you read the New Testament, it'll kind of put everything into priority for you. Okay? And I'm not saying God doesn't want you blessed. And by all means, if your car is about to kill over and you can't get to work, God does not want you to go without a vehicle. Okay? I'm, not, I'm not belittling the supply of God. He, he can do abundantly above all we could ask or think. That's nothing for him. But at the same time, when we read these passages, we kind of have to know the history to get the gravity of what he is saying when he talks about patience. These guys, are, these guys are being thrown into the Colosseums uh, with lions. They're being lit up as human torches. Uh, they, they're going through great persecution. So the Apostle Paul is always encouraging them. And in Hebrews 10 verse 32, 
he tells them, he says, call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated or once you had received the light of Jesus Christ, you endured a great fight of afflictions. Partly while you were made a gazing stock both by reproaches and afflictions. And y'all, he's not just talking about being talked about on social media here. This is great affliction. And partly while you became companions of them that were so used. So either you or somebody you know was going through this great persecution. Verse 34. For you had compassion on me and my bonds when he was in prison and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, because they literally would take all their lands and everything, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Don't quit. Don't cast away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. You have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Patience carries you through till you see the promise. Patience is the vehicle that gets you to the finish line. Verse 37 says, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him, But we are not of them who draw back into perdition or destruction. But we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We believe until. That's who we are. We are believers. And because we believe, what we believe puts a patience in us that carries us through. It carried these guys through great persecution. And we're, we're giving up because we don't see some little thing happen? Man, patience gives tenacity to faith. It gives staying power to faith. It gives perseverance to faith. A faith that won't be deterred because we patiently wait with cheerful endurance. Which means I'm not complaining If I'm complaining, I'm not in patience. Y'all, I'm just preaching to myself. I might not hit anybody else out here, but I'm just preaching to myself. If I'm complaining, I'm being impatient. Patience brings on a faith that remains that won't be turned, that won't be swayed, that is determined to make it to the finish line, that is determined to see the promise, that is willing to say, I will stand and I will not be moved. This is what God's word says. And y'all, I'm preaching to myself. This is what the Lord said to me today. The flesh does not like to be challenged. It likes to be comfortable. The flesh, the soul, and the body doesn't like to be challenged. It likes to be comfortable. 
And so when we talk about temptations and trials coming against our faith, where we have to stand, where we have to deal with our mind, where we have to control our thoughts, sometimes, well, no, all the time, it's easier to quit. But quit to what? What we were? What we were doing in life? Or is it worth the fight of faith, the good fight of faith, to control our mind, to control our bodies, to walk in self-control, to keep patience so that the process of faith stays at work and we get to the finish line and God looks at us and says, Well done, you good and faithful servant. That's, that's what we want. That's what I want. So many people will pick quitting over winning. I'm not going to ask you, but I'm just going to say there's been a time or two I've picked quitting over winning. Why? Because it's hard on my flesh. Man, I'm so glad I'm being transparent tonight. Hebrews 6. That's a tough message. But it's a winner. It's a winner. Quit to what? What a question. Hebrews 6, verse 12. I didn't, write, I didn't write this, by the way. We don't want you to become lazy. We don't want you to become, this is out of the NIV. We don't want you to become lazy. But we want you to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. How did they inherit it? Through faith and patience. And, and they're trying to encourage people, hey, we don't want you to get slothful. We don't want you to get lazy. We don't want you to back off. We want you to imitate Abraham. We want you to imitate Joseph. We want you to imitate Paul. We want you to imitate Christ. We want you to imitate John. We want you to imitate those who through faith and patience inherited the promise. They made it to the finish line. And they inherited the promise. Imitate those. Verse 13. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. God wasn't withholding. God was processing. The, the promise was good when God promised it or he wouldn't have promised it. If you promise something and you can't make good on it, you lied. But Abraham had to go through a process of changing his image. You remember back in Genesis, he, he told he told God, he, he told, it wasn't God, who was it he was talking to, Mark, where he said, uh, he said, who, yeah, it was, he was talking to God. He said, 
My only heir is my servant living here in my house, seeing I go childless. How do he see himself? Childless. Well, how's God going to give him a child if he sees himself childless? How's God going to make you free if you see yourself captive? How's, how's, how's this going to happen if you can't change, if God can't work you through the process of seeing yourself the way he sees you instead of the way you've been labeled? So there's a process, there's a process, and we have to be patient during that process or we're never going to see the promised child. We're never going to see the deliverance. We're never going to see the change in our bodies or in our minds. And we're never going to walk out what God's called us to do in our lives. We need patience to carry us through. After waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. You know, we need to quit. We need to turn away from opportunities to quit. We need to turn down opportunities to quit. You need to turn down the opportunity to quit. Because we got to go back to quit to what? Quit to what? I thought about my granddaughter in gymnastics up on the balance beam. You know, if you're up on the balance beam and you start looking for a place to land when you fall, you know what's fixing to happen. You're going to hit the target. Dad used to use the example of bull rider because, you know, he was cowboy. I am not. And he'd say, you know, when you're riding a bull, don't look for a place to land. Because if you look for a place to land, that's where you're going to fall. That's what I'm saying. Quit, quit looking for an opportunity to quit and, and how you're going to quit and where you're going to land when you quit. Because you just quit in your mind and you're, you're, li- you're fixing to live that out. It's fixing to happen. Patience should bring us to a place where we say, I'm standing till I'm standing at the finish line. There, there is no place to quit for me. I am not going to quit. And sometimes that's tiring. But you, you've got to keep the promise in front of you. The promise has got to become bigger than the struggle. Better than the struggle. Also, something that you learn on walking the balance beam and also in driving, you don't look at what's right in front of you. You look at the end of the beam. You look at the finish line. You look at the end of the beam. You're not looking right here at where your feet are and how narrow that beam is. Your eyes are looking straight on to the end of the beam, and that's what determines where your feet go, not what's right here. If an obstacle presents itself, stand. Don't jump off. And that's the great temptation. Is to jump off the balance beam. You know, when, when an obstacle comes, stand. Don't get off. Don't quit. Don't jump off. You know there's going to be obstacles to anything that God has promised you. Why? Because we have an enemy. And Satan comes immediately to steal the word. We've said that a lot lately. So obstacles are going to be there. But patient endurance says, I'm going to remain in position. How long? I'm going to remain in position. What if? 
I'm going to remain in position. It's beautifully pictured in Ephesians 6 when it talks about the armor of God. When he says, after you've done everything to stand, after you've done everything that you know to do, stand. Stand, therefore. What's the option? Stand. When, you, when you've done everything that you know to do, in, in the side of my scripture I have, when you've, done, when you've prepared to stand, stand. Don't look, for, don't look for a place to quit. You won't stand firm if you haven't prepared to stand. How long? Stand. When can I let up? Stand. Kenneth Hagin said this. Stand like you will stand forever and you may not have to stand long. Stand like you're going to stand forever. Make up your mind you're going to stand forever and you may not have to stand long. But you know what? If you do have to stand long, stand. (laughs) How do we develop patience? I thought about this today. I thought about all the religious cliches that I've heard all my, all my life from religion. I want to emphasize to us tonight that according to the book of Galatians, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And when we keep our mind on doing what the Word says, and, and we keep our focus there, patience is a fruit of that. It's produced from that. If we get over in the flesh and we start doing what our body wants, what our mind wants, what circumstances are trying to demand to us, then we get over in the flesh and we get impatient, and impatience doesn't work. So I want to emphasize, you have patience available. I'm just not very patient. Well, then you're just, let me rephrase that. Then I'm just walking in the flesh. Is that easier if I say I rather than you? Then I'm just walking in the flesh and I'm not choosing the way of the Spirit, the way God would have me do it. Okay, if I'm, if I'm walking the way God would have me do it, then patience will be produced. It's a fruit of that. That's good news. It's available and you have patience available to you. The, the next thing I put down, which we've already covered, but was so such a word, such a rhema word to me tonight, drop the calendar. If you're going to have patience, drop the calendar. Quit looking at how long it's been since you've been believing for something. If you're going to have patience, you've got to keep the promise in front of you. You know, if you've had health issues, then put a picture of you when you looked healthy up on your mirror. If you're fighting for your family, then put a picture of your family up on your mirror. If you, need, if you used to have a house and you've lost your house, then put a picture of a house up on your mirror. You know, and, and it'll keep the promise bigger than the struggle. Don't look for opportunities to quit. Look for a reason to win. There's a reason to stand. Of all the reasons we have to quit, 
I only need one good reason to stand because I promise you that whatever he's promised me and provided for me, my health, my calling, your calling is, is more powerful than all the struggles that come against it. It's more joy in what he's called you to do than any struggle that's come against you. Am I right? Yeah. And it'll give you patience to stand and strength to stand. Start saying that you have patience. And quit saying that you're impatient. Because we respond to our words. I made a list of scriptures that have to do with patience. I brought a couple of them. I didn't, I didn't print out very many. I did send it to you, Tanya. Um, it's fine. You can get it later. Y'all can come up and take pictures. It's front and back. But I'll just, I just want to give you a few. And whoever's roaming in the mic tonight, I didn't see Kayla. Whoever's doing the roaming mic tonight, if y'all will get the mic and be ready. Um, Proverbs 19.11 says, A man's wisdom gives him patience. A man's wisdom gives him patience. Ecclesiastes 7.8 says, Patience is better than pride. Which made me really wonder if pride and impatience were connected. It's an interesting one. Patience is better than pride. Galatians 5.22 is where it tells us that Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Man, there's, there's several on here. I'll just give you some. Um, oh, Luke 21, 19. This is such a good one. In your patience, possess you your soul. Yeah, that's a good one. In your patience, possess your soul. Control it. Possess it. Control it. Master your mind. Let your patience control those thoughts. Those thoughts of quitting or whatever it is. Your patience possess you, your souls. Oh, goodness. There's so many good ones. Uh, Romans 8.25. If we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Do you have hope or have you lost hope? Well, you can bring back hope. The Word of God will put hope in you. Mm. Hebrews 12 talks about let us run with patience. Patience and faith being running partners. Okay, we'll stop there.